Hey, I'm in Japan. I'm Frank Ling. And from Chicago, Illinois, I'm Charles Lee. And you're listening to the Grok Science Show. That's right. It's a weekly look at the world of science, technology, and their effects on our daily lives. Coming up on today's program, James Lou Dunbar will join us to discuss the universe. So stay tuned for all of this. Plus the Grokatron 5000. And our world-famous question a week. Coming right up. Here. On the Grok's Science Show. Science Show. Well, how did the universe come into existence? How did all of the galaxies and matter in the universe coalesce from that primordial soup? For many, the standard cosmological model can be hard to visualize, but thankfully, this may no longer be the case. James Lou Dunbar has just released the new comic book, Bang! The Universe Verse, Book One, which explores the origins of the universe in comic form for a general audience. And he joins us today to discuss his uh, very fascinating book for general audience. Mr. Dunbar, thank you very much for joining us today on the Grok Science Show. Thank you. Pleasure to be here. This is really a, a very unique comic book that you've put together where you look at basically the origins of the universe. I'm wondering, how did you come up with the idea for this book? Well, I guess I've always been an artist. I've always been interested in illustration and drawing. And actually, I think it began in high school when I was taking an AP calculus class. And for our final project, we were allowed to do pretty much whatever we wanted. And a friend and I wrote and illustrated a rhyming children's book about derivatives. And I guess that started the idea for me of illustrating books that seemed to be children or kind of made concepts approachable to children that were very much about content that most people would not think initially was for kids. So calculus is where I got started. (laughs) And then I guess thinking about what else I wanted to talk about, I I love science. So that was the next logical step. I would imagine uh, math equations would be harder to illustrate than uh, (laughs) physical concepts. Well, the... um, the way we approached it was, story was about Gordy McGranit, a young mountain, mountain goat who um, wants to go and climb mountains and become a world-famous mountain climber. And, of course, his grandfather explains that if you're going to be climbing mountains, you have to uh, understand slope, which, of course, is what derivatives are all about. So there are lots of pictures of functions turned into mountains. That was how we visualized that. Well, good thing for Gordy there. Uh-huh. Yep, it worked out well for him in the end. Spoiler alert. Well, I'd expect nothing less, and well, how did you then uh, go in and develop the idea for a book about the origins of the universe? You know, I was thinking about this the other day, how I got to that process, and I think what it was, I actually started out wanting to make a book about where babies come from for babies, but scientifically accurate, and so talking about genetics and cells and DNA and heredity and all of that stuff, mm-hmm. and I think I kind of went from there and kept going back to think, well, you know, if I'm going to talk about cells, I'm going to talk about DNA and evolution. And I kept going back and back until I got to the beginning, which, of course, is the Big Bang. And so uh, Bang, this book, is actually the first in a three-part series. And I've written the subsequent two books, which will go on to explain the origin of life on Earth and the evolution of humanity. And I'm in the process of illustrating book two right now. But um, it's a comprehensive project. So eventually you will get the question of where do babies come from? Maybe. I was thinking about that today, how I'd kind of, I'd forgotten how that was where I got started. But maybe there will someday be a universe-verse book four, 
which will be about you and where you came from. <laughs> so, so really like a kid, you just kept asking why until you got to the beginning. <laughs> exactly. It's right. Where did that come from and why was that and why was that? My whole mission here is definitely to inspire curiosity. I've always been interested about how things work and where they come from and why they are the, the way they are. And I think most children are. And we need to do what we can to kind of encourage that. And too often, education and where our culture works tries to, to stop those why questions, because they can be, <laughs> be never-ending and frustrating. But, you know, we have to uh, encourage that kind of curiosity. Well, it's, it's tough, especially if one doesn't have the answers readily at hand, and this book certainly provides a lot of them. Right, and now the beauty is that you can really go online and Wikipedia things, and it's not 100% correct all the time, but you get a lot of information, and you, you don't have to even leave your house. Of course, I still, I love the libraries. I, I actually researched and, and wrote the books in uh, the Boston Public Libraries. And I certainly still believe that there's a great value in, in real physical books that uh, someone is taking the time and energy to fact check and research and all of that good stuff. Indeed, indeed. How, how did you actually uh, dig up the standard cosmological model that's sort of presented here? Well, I use mostly books targeted towards children and young adults. So actually on my website, jldunbar.com, there's additional resources to help with explaining the book, including got some suggested readings, which include a lot of the books that I looked at and that I used as reference. And then the other thing was I contacted, I had some friends from high school that were in that same calculus class where I'd written Gordy, who have gone on to become astrophysics doctoral students. So I sent my manuscript to him, and he showed it around to a couple of his friends, and I got some real technical nitty-gritty feedback from them, which was great, because I, I was included on the email string, and you could see them kind of debating with each other how some of the details that I, I was trying to cover aren't scientifically agreed upon. There, there's still a lot of uncertainty in this field. And how did you deal with, with those sorts of uncertainties? You know, there's only so much detail and nuance you can convey in a 30-page rhyming comic book. <laughs> so I tried to maintain the perspective that what I'm doing here is to provide an introduction or um, something to spark curiosity. It's not going to be a comprehensive textbook about these academic fields. But I tried to be very upfront about that in the book and say that, you know, I, I am not myself a scientist. I'm a major science enthusiast. But there are elements of the book that I had to simplify or that in just in terms of creating a, a flowing narrative that I, I was not going to be able to reflect all the subtlety. And also the other stuff that I, I couldn't communicate, which I think is so fascinating, is how we know what we know about the cosmological theories and what kind of measurements we've been able to take that support these theories. And I, I think that's fascinating, but of course, couldn't fit it all in. Trying to target a certain audience with this as well, right? Yes, definitely the goal here was, was to be as scientifically accurate as possible, but also in a way that was approachable as possible to the widest audience. So when people ask me what age bang is for, I tell them, silly, zero to infinity, <laughs> which obviously is not what they're looking for. They're looking for ages 12 to 14 or 6th grade to 8th grade. But I truly believe that this book has value to, uh, to anyone of of any age, and I definitely wanted to make a book that you didn't have to be a scientist or even really into science to find interesting. And I figured rhyming and pretty pictures were a, a good way to, to get at that. 
I think that works for practically any subject, really. Right. So I, I definitely will be going on. This will not be the last of my illustrated educational comic books. I've got a long, long list of projects for the future. Well, the, the illustrations are really uh, amazing in this book. How did you actually uh, wind up drawing these? Oh, well, thank you very much. <laughs> so I actually, in college, majored in visual arts. I've done a lot of drawing and oil painting is most of my art background with a little bit of printmaking, woodcutting. But this book, what I did was I did sketches just in pencil on paper, and then I scanned those and used those as the basis for, I think you could describe them best as paintings I did in Photoshop. So you, most of the time people do illustration on the computer, they're, they're likely to use Illustrator, which is an uh, Adobe program. Photoshop is really, it's, it's about pixels. So it's really, it's like painting, you know, you've got different brushes you can use, different layers and ways to blend things, all sorts of different effects. It was very exciting because I was able to go back and change things or readjust. You know, I, I could save something at one level and then try something else, decide I didn't like it, go back to where it was before, copy things, use things as like the basis for stamps. So it's, it's a whole new world for me, and I never really exploited that. So. I, I tried to make it consistent at the end, but <laughs> when I started, I was definitely not as experienced as when I finished the illustrations for the book. Someone who's looking carefully might see, uh, hopefully, an improvement in technique from page one to page 30. <laughs> or it could just be interpreted as a thematic change, much like the universe is evolving, right? <laughs> yes. I am all about uh, using these happy coincidences as a intentional artistic vision. <laughs> The other thing it, that took me a little while to get used to was I used a tablet for the first time mm. illustrating this project, which I'd never done before. And that's definitely different because you've got this tablet on your lap and you're drawing on it. But, of course, there's no image on the tablet. The image appears on the screen. You're not looking at your hand and you don't get to see the mark that your pen is making direct on the tablet. That took some getting used to and at first was a little awkward. Once I got the hang of that, it definitely provides for more control because you can zoom in. That's, that's the other thing that I learned was that I've got to check myself when it comes to zooming in because on the computer you can zoom in as much as you want, but of course the final product is a set resolution and so there are details that I spent you know hours drawing in the uh, digital files that don't come through of course in the printing which I feel a little silly about now but maybe someday there'll be a more large format version of the book and they can see their full glory for the uh, the poster edition <laughs> if you can give an overview of what parts of the beginnings of the universe uh, you're covering here in the book well I start out with the the expansion that is the fundamental part of the Big Bang of course, Big Bang was neither really big nor a bang, but uh, <laughs> that's, that's what the theory's called. But, um, so I start with uh, existence in an infinitely hot and infinitely dense dot that expands, and that is made of pure energy. And as it expands, it cools. And the fundamental forces I talk about separating from a grand unified force. And then we've got the first particles that uh, come into being, and I explain quarks and hadrons and electrons and leptons and how they formed in antimatter particles which would then if they connected with the, the original matter would uh, explode and go back into energy then we get to atoms and hydrogen helium lithium forming in a uh, kind of the primordial soup and then we have the atoms coalescing being brought together by gravity bringing everything back from this expanding into nothingness the protostars, the clouds of hydrogen form, and we get our stars, and then I explain how fusion works, 
we get the equation E equals mc squared, the release of matter as energy, and the formation of heavier elements. Once we get to iron, of course, energy is no longer being released, and so the stars collapse in on themselves. Depending on the size of the star, we might have a supernova. We might end up with a neutron star or a black hole. I finish Bang Book One with the formation of galaxies, it's talking about how so many galaxies, so many stars, so many atoms and subatomic particles make up our wonderful universe. So I try to hit the major points, certainly had to leave some stuff out, including I think probably the biggest omission was dark matter and dark energy, which it sounds like makes up a huge portion of the universe based on current scientific understanding, but of course we don't know a lot about it, so it's not much that I can illustrate or tell kids about. But I do put that in at the, there's a little note at the back of the book where I say that, uh, you know, I tried to be comprehensive and accurate, but there's still a lot of stuff out there that is mysterious. <laughs> Probably hard to illustrate dark matter as well. <laughs> exactly. But, you know, it's, it's hard to illustrate any of this stuff. It, mm -hmm. None of it is really something that we can understand on our, you know, level of scale, or I guess the, the smaller things, subatomic particles, even an atom. That was something I heard back from uh, scientists where they were like, the accuracy is very impressive. However, I noticed you're using the Bohr model of electron shields, and there are problems with that model. But it's how do you illustrate a probability field of electrons? <laughs> it becomes more complicated. I had to take some shortcuts here and there. I think it's really very readable. It's really very visually uh, understandable. The, the complete arc, as you mentioned, is then going to go on into the formation of uh, solar systems and planets in the next couple books as well? Uh, yes. So book two starts out with explaining how some stars end up with planets around them, and one of those planets is very, very special because it's our planet. And then I talk about the process by which life could have created itself spontaneously on our Earth. And I guess I talk a little also about early Earth geology, how it was molten, and how, atmosphere, how our atmosphere was created, and how we ended up with liquid water on our surface, and all those things that kind of set the stage for life to develop. And then book two finishes with bacteria, the culmination. That's when we know that life on Earth is official, <laughs> my line. And then book three begins with life that stands now? Yep, book three begins then again with the bacteria, and the new innovation is the nucleus and the eukaryotic cells. I go on to multicellular creatures that can develop specialized cells with organs, speciation. I guess I talk about species and sex and genetics in book two. And so then book three kind of goes more into the evolution of different creatures and following specifically our, our line of the great tree of life. And so we get to uh, humans evolving about halfway through the book and then the last part deals with the major milestones in human development, writing and communication, civilization and agriculture. And the end of book three is the scientific method. That's where I finish. <laughs> And of course, with a shout out for education and, and telling kids to think for themselves and use their minds and ask questions and, and be good little scientists. It might be a nice little meta thing if you illustrate yourself drawing a book of the universe in the very last <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, I hadn't thought about that, but that is a good idea. At the end, I'll, I'll sneak that in one of the corners. <laughs> Have you thought about then maybe extending this to speculating about the end of the universe where there is a lot of contention? Um, I have not, no. As I said, I've thought about, recently I was thinking about doing the, the baby book again. One thing I had been thinking about that would be a very fun project, I think, is doing a children's book or a children's style book about the elements in physics that are profound. 
the string theory, the quantum theory, uncertainty principles, and how some things are particles and some things are waves, and these things which are measurable and are scientific observations, but also seem to have kind of implications for our understanding of reality in general and are almost like spiritual implications about the existence of the universe and what existence and reality really means at, at its heart, at its core. I think that would be a very fun project where I could capture some of the subtlety that I kind of glossed over in these books. My job that pays the bills is I work for a, a dog training publishing company, dogstardaily.com, which is a very it's an amazing website with lots of free dog training info. That's because my, my dad is a internationally respected dog trainer. I would definitely like to do a illustrated comic book style dog training book which I think could be very valuable. And then the other thing is my mother is a developmental psychologist specializing in autism. My brother is autistic. I would like to do a comic book about autism and developmental disabilities, and she has a lot of experience in kind of giving talks and uh, seminars, and she has a lot of visual aids which are useful in relaying to people what it's like to look at the world from an autistic perspective. So I think that would be another very fun project, but sadly, there's only one of me, and uh, only so many hours in the day. Well, maybe you can work on cloning yourself. Mm -hmm. <laughs> Those do sound like very fascinating projects. Uh, yeah, maybe some final words about your new book, uh, Bang, and uh, we'll go and take a look at that. Well, I'd, I'd just like to tell everyone that if they're interested, they can learn more at my website, jldunbar.com. I'm self-publishing the book, which is kind of a miracle of modern technology. I'm using a Surface to run by Amazon, but it allows me to print on demand and to sidestep the whole publication house. And that means, of course, though, that I don't have a marketing team or a budget. So it's just me and whatever wonderful radio hosts are willing to uh, entertain me. So yeah, if you're interested, you can uh, check it out. And I'm giving actually the ebook, the PDF version of the book, away for free to anyone who is interested in using it for science education or outreach or just wants to look at it need to email me and they can go on my website to find out how to do that because you know I'm just trying to get my my name out there as well as I think that this this story really is something that anyone could benefit from from taking a look at the new uh, book is called bang the universe verse book one uh, mr. Dunbar thank you very much for joining us today on the Grok science show you betcha it's been a pleasure and you're just listening to James Luke Dunbar discussing the universe. And this is the Grok's Science Show. Coming up in just a few minutes, it's the Grokatron 5000. So stay tuned.
Time to play the game, the Grokatron 5000. It is our supercomputer, formerly known as Deep Blue. Today, the Grokatron 5000 has chosen the topic, bang or bust? So, for the following five individuals, the Grokatron 5000 would like to know if you think they're a bang or a bust, and uh, maybe a little reason why. Uh, Mr. Dunbar, you ready to play the game? I am, although I have to warn you, I'm a pretty nice guy, so it's going to be hard for me to, to bust anyone. Okay. But we'll see. Well, we'll see if we can challenge you here. Uh, person number one, bang or bust, it's the real estate mogul Donald Trump. Oh, he's a bang. You just got to look at his head of hair, right? <laughs> I mean, that, that, uh, he, he's definitely a bang personality with his loudness, his brashness, and his money. <laughs> Certainly exploding uh, out uh, in all directions there. Precisely. Person number two, it's the pop starlet Lady Gaga. Ah, how could that not be a bang? <laughs> um... I mean, she's crazy, and she's out there, and she's pop, and what's more bang than pop? <laughs> uh, let's see about number three, though. It's uh, Carl Sagan. Well, Carl Sagan is awesome, so I'm not going to call him a bust. Carl Sagan's probably done more than anybody else for popularizing science in the public's mind, so I would, I would say he's the super bang. Thus far, he's my favorite bang that, I, that you've offered, offered up. Okay. Uh, how about number four, former governor of Alaska, Sarah Palin? <laughs> I'm pretty sure you asked your last guest whether Sarah Palin was a particle or a wave <laughs> or a string or, or something. Yeah. And I believe they opted to not answer that question. But I'll come out and I'll say that Sarah Palin's a bust. <laughs> okay. We had to get one in there. <laughs> uh -huh. As for why... Simply and without revealing too much of my own political thoughts, anyone who quits their job while they're in it, especially elected office, is a bust. <laughs> okay. Finally, number five, bang or a bust? It's the President of the United States, Barack Obama. I'll give Barack a bang. I'll tell you why. I think that being the president is definitely, definitely a difficult job, and he's not doing everything that I'd like to see him doing. And, of course, everyone had a lot of hopes for what he could be doing. His message is a message that uh, resonates very strongly with me, which is one of trying to get everyone to talk. In promoting this book, I've, I've met a lot of people who were scientists, but almost against people who were religious or anti-scientists. But I, I think it's the most important thing we can do is, is get a discussion started. And I think that Barack is doing a lot to uh, put that in the public's mindset, that we need to have civilized discourse. So bang. Okay. Bang for Barack. Well, Mr. Dunbar, I want to thank you very much for sticking around playing our game. And, and again, of course, talking about your new book, which is Bang, the Universe Verse, Book One. Thank you very much for your time. You bet. It's, as I said, wonderful pleasure. <laughs> all right. Take care. All right. Bye-bye. And that's all for this week's edition of the Grok Science Show. Make sure you tune in next week for more from the world of science and technology. If you'd like to contact us here, you can email us at science at groks.net. For Grok Science, I'm Frank Ling. And I'm Charles Lee. Make sure you also see us on the web at www.groks.net. Have a great afternoon and keep on grokking.